Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. So today we continue our series, Joy Unspeakable. Have you been blessed thus far? Yes, Hallelujah. Joy Unspeakable. Turn your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1 verse 25. Philippians chapter 1 verse 25. Are you there? You should know it by heart. If you don't know Philippians 1.25 by now, when I ask first-timers to stand up, make sure you stand up. Philippians 1.25, everybody read together, one, two, go. It says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. You know, in Celebration Church, we emphasize furtherance of faith. The fact that you shouldn't just come to a local assembly like this for the sake of it. Growth should be your goal. Hallelujah. And if you've been to church one year, two years, five years, you should be able to say, this is what I did not know six months ago that I know now. You Progress is measurable. Hallelujah. But more importantly, or as important as progress in the faith, is progress in joy. There is joy in the faith. Can I tell you something? Any knowledge in God that does not stir up joy is not properly understood. If it does not get you excited, you don't understand it. Any knowledge in God that does not stir up joy is not properly understood. Because when God set in motion the gospel of Jesus Christ, he had a desired effect. There was a desired effect. There was a way he expected you to respond. And so the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7, he says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So he expected and anticipated that when you hear the gospel, you're going to go, wow, how can God be so kind, so gracious, so loving? That was the effect he had in mind. And so if the gospel and your furtherance and the knowledge of the gospel does not have that effect, you don't understand it yet. If you are simply growing in duty, you're fasting more, praying more, which is good, but you're not growing in delight, you have a lot to learn. Because there is joy in the faith. Can you say that with me? There is joy in the faith? Hallelujah. And joy that stems from nothing else but the faith in Christ Jesus. His love for you, who he is to you, who you are in him. Not circumstantial joy, joy birthed from things around you, circumstances around you, tough times like, you know, um, Real Madrid supporters are going through a tough time right now. You know, that's, but your joy is not circumstantial. Hallelujah. April 10, April 16, Man U fans are going to experience, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Barcelona is going to, do you understand? 
at those trying times, you have to understand that your joy is not. <laughs> Hallelujah. No mercy. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That day, you will know why it is good to follow your pastor to support his club. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Say, my joy is not circumstantial. Look at Habakkuk chapter 3. You say, I, I, I hardly read that book. <laughs> well, I hope you at least know where it is. You know, there are some places I say open to. Everybody just look at the screen. <laughs> open your Bible. You will need to highlight this one. This verse is going to bless you. Habakkuk chapter 3, we're going to read from verse 17 to 18. Are you there? It says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may, olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be caught from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. Everybody, Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 and 18. Read together. One to go. Let me tell you this. You are not really a mature Christian until you learn to handle crisis. You're not a mature Christian until you learn to handle crisis. It's something very crucial for you to learn. Something very crucial for you to learn. For many people, a life of happiness is a life void of trials and tribulations. You know, just a smooth ride. Nothing bad ever happens to you. I mean, even the minutest things you don't even misplace things once in a while. You never have a flat tire like me. That's not my portion. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Newsflash, there is no such life. The Bible doesn't promise you such life. In fact, it promises you the opposite, especially if you're a person of faith, if you believe in Jesus. And you're going to see that in this teaching. Hallelujah. So that tells you that if you will ever be perpetually happy, you're going to learn to be happy in spite of the trials and tribulations that you face. And so Habakkuk says, oh, glory to God. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, even if there is no fruit in the vine, and that the labor of olive may fail. No heads in the storm. It says, yet I will rejoice. Listen, the people he's talking about here, they lived in an, an, in an economy that was predominantly driven by agriculture. All right? So bringing this to modern day language, he said, even if I don't have money in the bank, 
Even if I don't have a car to drive, I don't have good clothes to wear, even if I'm at the lowest ebb of my life, yet I will rejoice. What kind of joy is this? That when I am down to nothing, I have nothing, I will still be able to rejoice? Is that possible? Is that true? Was the writer of this book exaggerating? Praise the Lord. I mean, look at it. Praise the Lord. It says, even though the fig tree does not blossom, no fruit on the vine, the labor of olive fails. Like you tried many things and they keep failing. It says, yet. Can you just say yet? Yes. Meaning in spite of that, I will rejoice, not in the circumstances, but in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. Let me reiterate something that I told you last week. The joy that we're talking about is strange to the natural man. The natural man knows only circumstantial joy. Oh, I'm happy. What happened? Oh, I got a raise at the office. Oh, you should see these shoes I just got. But he says, even when nothing seems to be working, I will rejoice. Praise the name of Jesus. It's natural to be depressed when you lose your job. It's natural for you to be depressed when you lose your relationship. It's natural for you to be depressed when no one believes in you. But you were born to be extraordinary. Hallelujah. You were born to live a supernatural life. You can handle the pain. Glory be to God. You can rise above it. Some of you here right now may be going through a lot. But this is, this is for you. And it's just a training to have in life. You see, a lot of people have this God forbid perspective to life. You know, they can't even talk about something that happened to another person. Or they can't even give illustrations. They say, for instance, my enemy. Let's say my enemy. <laughs> in perpetual fear. Because they've not wrapped their mind around a life of trials. And it's no prophecy of doom for me to tell you, you're going to go through tough times. You are. You are. In fact, you cannot have a love walk and not go through tough times. This is what I mean. Even if everything is going well for you, are there not people you love? What about them? What about them? Praise the name of Jesus. Being a pastor is one of the toughest jobs in the world. A lot of people don't know. Just because of the emotional investment. Because now you have a huge family. Some of whom you get closer to than even your biological family. Are you aware? You know, and then everything happening to them becomes your concern. You might not even tell them because, of course, you're the pastor, so you're meant to encourage them as well. And you're meant to encourage them. However... In the secret place, you're praying and you're concerned. This thing has to change. You see that? Sometimes you're having a good day, everything is all right, 
And then you just hear some news. Praise the Lord. Someone called me, I think, was it two days ago? A very dear son. He said, I've just been fired. Hi, God. I was like, it was a great day. I was about to sleep. You know, of course, I went over and said, don't worry. And then after I dropped the call, I was like, God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sometimes you have a busy day. You're about to sleep. And they, they just call you. This person is at the hospital at the point of death. You know, so compulsory vigil. Hallelujah. So I just want you to know. And some of you, you, you see, you don't, you don't even have to be a pastor to experience this. Of course, as a human being, you will go through trials and tribulations. It, it, that's, it comes with a package. It's life. But you saw above it. Hallelujah. Say no room for depression in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, let me tell you about men of faith. Turn your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. You see, I don't know if it is on purpose. But many times when we are taught about men of faith, there is something, there is an obvious omission all the time. At least obvious to me. There's something people hardly say. And I just wonder why. And I'm going to show it to you. Are you in Hebrews chapter 11? Or you're going to keep looking at everyone who is walking in? Hebrews 11.32. He says, And what more shall I say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah. Also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms worked. Walked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. All in, listen, now you're like, wow, yeah, that's my life. Oh, glory to God. And yes, that's your life. All right. We believe in the miraculous and ours is a life of perpetual victory. But then he begins to tell you about others. He says, others were what? He says, tortured, not accepting deliverance. Meaning, some, some of them, they could actually just say, you know what, I denounce this faith. And they will be let free. But they did not. That's a story of faith. And it should touch you as much. Impress you as much. He says, that they may obtain it What? A better resurrection. I'm going to come back to this phrase later. It says, Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings and years of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Do you know what he's talking about? I mean, Isaiah. They held him. He held his hand. Held his legs and divided him with a sword. Sawn asunder. It says we're tempted, we're slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, were destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Hallelujah. These are men of faith too. Praise the name of Jesus. So, now, I just said all this to say, the Bible clearly does not give you the idea that you're not going to go through trials in this life. Never. You are. But what it tells you 
is that in spite of these things or in all these things you are what more than a conqueror meaning in spite of the trials the tribulations the period the sword the nakedness it says you are and yes you still have to learn to move mountains and use your faith and all of that but if you have that kind of walk with god where until the mountain move you will not be happy that's god wants better for you praise the name of jesus that in every season of your life you still have a sound mind you can be going through stuff sometimes people don't even know not that every time people even on the road everybody will know some people like people to come and ask them some people their love languages what's wrong with you they just like it and when you just say what's wrong with you you just crying <laughs> hallelujah listen it's okay to even cry sometimes but don't stay there don't wallow in self-pity be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and most importantly make sure that you're not only happy when good things are happening god wants joy to be the permanent state of your heart say loud amen listen so now he, you come to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. You say, why is he telling me about people who were sown asunder? How does that concern me? And then you come to Hebrews 12, 1, the next chapter, more or less the next verse. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. He knows you're going through stuff. He says you're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. People in the word of God went through stuff too. Many of them more terrible than the thing you, things you're going through. Some of them, what they went through makes what you're going through child play. He says we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. He says, what should you do? He says, let us what? Lay aside every weight and everything that doth so easily beset us. And let us what? Run with patience. The, the, the NKGV says, run with endurance. The race set before us. Can I tell you something? The race set before you requires endurance. You have to learn to endure. You have to. You have to. Your career will require that you have tough skin. You have to learn to endure. In your relationship, you have to learn to endure. In your health, you have to learn to endure. Can I tell you something? Let's call it spirit spirit. Thank God for faith. Thank God for the miraculous. But many times we would rather not have to use our faith for our health. Am I saying the truth or not? Just the fact that, you know, you're going to have to stay on the word of God on this subject. It can be tiring. Hallelujah. But it's part of the training. You endure. Can I tell you something? Whether you're spiritual or natural, if you are doing anything worthwhile in this life, it will challenge you. If you want, except if you want to be mediocre, if you want to do anything big in this life, it will be challenging. Hallelujah. I remember January last year, you know, God had asked us to come to Abuja. We were here. As if 
the financial burdens of being here on short notice was not enough. The hall we were using for the Lagos church, something happened to the generator, the generator packed up. And then, instead of the management of the hall to find a way to help us out, you know, they just brought out the contract document and said, they called one phone in force majeure, which, which can be debated anyway. Because I'm, I'm not really into legal stuff. We have a lot of lawyers here. But force majeure is meant to be acts of God, things like earthquake, you know. You know, so now your generator is spoiled and you say force majeure, you know. And, and, and they said there's nothing they can do about it. So now, we were using a marquee tent. You know how hot that thing can be. If the AC is not working, you can't have service. It's not a matter of, it's not endurance that we're talking about. <laughs> so now, and celebration church, we, we, the, the word remains a priority. So how, how do we solve this now? We have to rent a gen for a hall of that size. How much would the gen cost? Everything came to about 160,000 naira. And we had to do it every weekend. Are, are you listening to me? You know, for the first two weeks, I almost could not sleep. I wouldn't even lie to you. Praise the Lord. You will go through tough times. You will. There is, there is no escape route out of that. You will. It comes with the job. It's a requirement for growth. So he says, we have a great cloud of witnesses. Run with patience. The race set before you. He goes on to give us the ultimate example. He says, you know, I've talked about Moses. I've talked about Elijah. I've talked about all these guys. But he says in verse 2, he says, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of faith, he says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. So now the author and the finisher of my faith endured the cross. Despised the shame. He had to endure the cross. And then the Bible says, look at him. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at him. In the will of God, you, it will require toughness. If you're going to do the will of God, some toughness. Toughness. Not that, you know, um, God said, do this daughter, do this son. You just tried. Two days later, some things were not working. He said, I'm discouraged. What is wrong with you? Go back! Go back! Hallelujah. Ask anybody that has done anything great. Ask them well. They, maybe they might not be honest with you initially and they're telling you it was a smooth ride. Call them aside. <laughs> they will tell you, praise the Lord. In, 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 listen, when you have the joy of the Lord, sometimes you even forget all the trials you had to go through. But many times you will face a lot. Praise the Lord. And there's no way out from that. You, you will go through it. You will come out victorious. 
Praise the name of Jesus. Understand what I'm telling you. The world must know us by our joy. They, they must know us by our joy. Because our joy will not be circumstantial. Even though the fig tree does not blossom. Even though there are no figs, no fruits in the vine. The labor of olive, olive lays waste. It says, yet we will rejoice. That's, that's what the world should observe about us. Hallelujah. Tell the person by your side. Say they will know you by your joy. Hallelujah. When someone who is an unbeliever hears that his talk has crashed, he might lose his mind. His mind might crash immediately, but not you. Hallelujah. Because your life does not consist in the abundance of things you possess. There are things, many things bigger than money in your life. Is that true? They will know me by my joy. Say that. And now for the main question of the day. What is it that supplies that joy? Now, maybe consistently I've been telling you, you have to have joy no matter what you go through. Well, what supplies joy for the believer even when he's at the lowest point of his life? What supplies joy? Look at the example we just read about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was what? Come on, everybody read Hebrews 12, 2 together. One, two, go. Hallelujah. It says, who for the joy set before him? For the joy. So listen, the cross was something to be endured. And make no mistake, it was going to be gruesome. It was going to be terrible so much that at some point, he said, Lord, if there is any way out of this, any way at all, let this cup pass over me. It was not, it was not going to be a joke at all. A lot of people who were flogged the way he was flogged die after being flogged. He survived the flogging. They put a crown of thorns on his head. And then he had to carry the cross all the way to Golgotha. That was quite some journey. So many things would have killed him. And then, you know, seven inches of nails through his wrist and through his legs and then a spear in his side this is terrible how could he go through all of that he said who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame meaning the joy ahead of him was so glorious that the pain of the present was worth it. Are you listening to me? Can I tell you something? The church is in an age where everybody seems to be saying, let's talk about things that are practical. And by practical, they mean your job, your career, you, you know, how to make more money, how to do that, and how to do that. And yes, God cares about you. 
every aspect of your life, the intricate details of your life. But it's wrong to say, when we talk about heaven, that's not practical. It is practical. The body you are going to receive is not, not a spiritual body. It's an actual body. I'm telling you that after you die, you will live again. That's practical. Probably more practical than any other thing you've ever heard. Are you listening to me? So he's telling you, oh my God. He says because of the joy that was set before him, he endured. He endured. It's worth it. So, if you understand what is ahead of you, nothing in the present will overwhelm you. And when you read through the Bible, there is nothing that motivated anybody more than what I just said. Nothing. Are you following me? If you're talking about the greatest motivation of the believer when he's going through trials and tribulations is what I just said. He says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. He says, now he's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, Jesus, after his resurrection, he saw two guys sad on the road to Emmaus. Murmuring and saying, ah, why did Jesus die? Why did that happen? Some people are saying he's, he's raised from the dead. He, he said to them, oh fools! Luke 24, 25. Fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter his glory? The only way he was going to enter his glory is if he suffered these things. The suffering was necessary for the glory. Come on, are you with me? He had to die. He had to be buried. So that he will experience resurrection and be glorified. And that's, that's what he means by enter his glory. Glory means exaltation, resurrection. He said because of the joy set ahead of him, set before him, he endured. Philippians, you know, church, Paul said to the church at Philippi, he said that Jesus humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. He says, wherefore, <laughs> meaning as a result, God also hath highly exalted him. Can you say highly exalted? exalted. And given him a name above every name, that at the name Jesus every name should bow. God also has highly exalted him. Highly. Highly. Now that's your motivation. Look at something. You know, a lot of people have read this before but never paid attention to it. Look at Romans chapter 8. We are going to read from verse 16 together. 16 to 17. A lot of people know verse 16. Some parts of verse 17 but they don't pay attention to it. Are you in Romans 8.16? Just give the person by your side a nudge a little. Just in case the person is in the third heavens. In the imaginative realm. 
Hallelujah. Instead of giving me blow, Baba, you gave. <laughs> you, you are you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Read together, one, two, go. You know, that's great, right? The Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Oh, great. Oh, we are children of God. Read on one to go. All right. Read on one to go. You see that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His path is no different from your path. If all the trials and tribulations Jesus was faced with could not compare to what was on the other side, it's no different for, for you. So, as a Christian, the persecution that comes to being a Christian is as if we suffer together, just like him. We'll be glorified just like him. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, are you here? Listen, Jesus told the disciples... In John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. John 16, 33. In the world you shall have tribulations. Understand it. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. So where does my peace come from? From him. He said, in the world you will have tribulation. That's no prophecy of doom. It's a fact. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer means be encouraged. Be of good cheer means don't lose heart. He said, because I've overcome the world. Listen, a lot of people to the natural man, a, lot, a natural man will say, what do you mean you've overcome the world? Change the situation. Mm -mm. In me you have peace. I've overcome the world. How did I overcome the world? Listen, my death, burial, and resurrection has given you a hope. In such a way, it's called the hope of glory. The hope of glorification. In such a way that, you know, you can tell the world, bring up your best shots against me. No matter what you think you might make me go through. No matter how hard the situation may be. When he comes. Oh, Lamataya. When he comes. The Bible says he will wipe away tears from every eye. Hallelujah. Now, if you come to a point where this doesn't encourage you, you're acting like a carnal man. If, those, if this doesn't excite you, it's something to cry about. Because this is the epicenter of the Christian hope. That no matter what you face, let me tell you something. We have hope and a greater hope in Christ. Because of the power in the name of Jesus, when we go through stuff, we can change situations with the name. But our ultimate hope, for instance, against sickness, is not that we can be healed. Our ultimate hope is that we will receive a new body that will never get sick in the first place. That's our ultimate hope. That will not grow old, will never get tired, never get weary. Praise the name of Jesus. You must keep your ultimate hope in your scope. Ultimate hope. He says, I've overcome the world. 
So you walk through this life knowing that he has overcome the world. That there is nothing you cannot shoulder. Nothing you cannot... You're just like... Come on. If we're meant to try to put a timeline to eternity, maybe we'll say like one trillion years. Just, just After one trillion years, we would have just begun. That's a long time, right? So is it not smart to say, you know what? Uh, even if I'm having a rough time like Jacob, I told you about Jacob on Tuesday, everything about his life was wrong. Everything. His children his health, you know, his finances, everything was wrong. But maximum, maximum 110 years were out of here compared to 1 trillion. So you're like, okay, 110 years against 1 trillion years of pure delight. He said, for the joy. I told you, it's not sacrificial, it's smart. You know, for the joy set before me, I will endure. I will endure. Some people, when the trials of this time hit them, they now begin to compromise. They begin to compromise. And then you jeopardize the rewards of eternity for present gain. That's not smart. Listen, even if you wanted to be a selfish person, selfish about your own welfare, you will follow Jesus. I'm telling you. It's a smart choice. How can I jeopardize billions of years for a few decades? It makes no sense. Praise the name of Jesus. Now that's the logic. And that's assuming you even have so many decades. Peter now. I have a lot to share with you, but I'm going to be as fast as I can. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 3. I'm going to read as fast as I can, so follow me. It says, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to our, his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. There's so much to say about that. Yeah, I'm going to try. Yeah. It says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fitted not away, reserved in heaven for you. Hallelujah! So there is something on the other side for me. Something great. Something incorruptible. Something undefiled. It says, for you who are kept by the power of God unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It says, wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation everybody read verse 6 together i want to go why are you reading like opono read together i want to go do, do you understand it says wherein you greatly rejoice so why are you rejoicing because you have an inheritance incorruptible undefiled he says you greatly rejoice in that inheritance though for now you may be faced with the heaviness of temptation but it doesn't affect your rejoicing because your rejoicing 
is in something that cannot fade away. Something waiting for you there. And so, what is there is a motivation for what's here. That, uh, bring it on. No problem. Hallelujah. You see that? This is, this is the logic of the Bible. The inheritance is so great that you can endure what is happening here. He says that the trial, and you know what's, what's more? The tribulation that you face and you endure, especially for the name of Christ, increases your reward where you're going. Praise the name of Jesus. So what the devil thought would be a platform for your destruction will become a platform for your reward. So, if all I had to do was endure, and after a while, oh, great joy. That's great enough. But even the endurance births more re reward where I'm going, you mean it? You mean it? What Jesus tells you, he says, blessed are you when men persecute you. He says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. He, he, he said it. He said, because great is your reward in heaven. He knows what he's talking about. He's not a fraud. If he's asking him to rejoice, it means that reward is great. It's worth it. It's worth the pain. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. He said that the trial of your faith be much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Say loud, amen. amen. And in verse 8, it says, Whom have you not seen, ye love? Hallelujah. Do you realize how illogical your faith is? You're in love with someone you've never seen. More like a long distance. Not a long distance. His spirit dwells in us. But you understand. Like blind dates. Hallelujah. You know a lot of people like to sound spiritual and say, You know what? Um, on so 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 day, God walked into my room. Uh, yeah, that's special. And I thank God for you. You know say, Two days later, Jesus walked into my room. One week after the Holy Spirit. Have you heard things like that? Hallelujah. But the blessing, you are more blessed than people who don't see. Don't you understand? Jesus stretched out his hand to Thomas. Thomas touched him and said, Ah, it's true. You're alive. He said, You believe because you've seen. Blessed are they who have not seen yet they believe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he says, whom have you not seen? Ye love. And then what does he say next? He says, in whom though now you see him not yet believing. Say that's me. He says, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now I told you joy unspeakable is the theme of the month, right? I'm about to explain what that means to you. I already, I already told you what glory represented in most places in the epistles. It represents what? resurrection and exaltation right all right it says ought not the christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory so entering his glory meant resurrection and you have the hope of resurrection too and because that hope is steadfast by the holy spirit that is in you you can rejoice as if it has already happened do you understand 
So he says, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of resurrection. Now you're rejoicing in the present as if it's already happened because it's about done. It's done already. You have the foretaste of that resurrection by the indwelling of the Spirit in you. He says it's the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory. That's who the Holy Spirit is. So you can rejoice now because it has happened. And so I'm asking you, how can a believer rejoice perpetually even in the lowest point of his life? I just told you. If your eyes are on the resurrection, the reward that is coming, Listen, the reward that is coming was worth the death of the Son of God. It must be big. It must be big. And it is big. And so when you consider that, you have a reward that, does, that will not fade away. That will not perish. It says you will rejoice with joy. I, 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 like, I like the repetition. He qualifies the kind of rejoicing. You will joy with joy unspeakable. He had to set the record straight because some of you don't know how to rejoice. When we say rejoice, eh, glory. <laughs> so he tells you how the type of rejoicing he's talking about. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Say that's my life. Let me show you other text so that you just see how much emphasis has been placed on all this? Look at Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen. Are you there? This will bless you. Oh, glory, 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 glory! It says, "For our light affliction, which is but what." For a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are... Hallelujah. See the comparison. It says, our affliction is for a moment but our glory is eternal did you see that it says our light affliction is but for a moment is working in us an eternal weight of glory so the affliction is for a moment the glory is eternal not just that he said the affliction is light the glory is weighty are you with me he says, he called the affliction light. And he's not, with due respect to whatever you're faced with, is light compared to what is coming. Are, are you getting this? It is momentary, and it is light. And it is working for you. An eternal weight hey, hey, of glory. Do you believe this? An eternal weight of glory. You know what Paul said to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 8 verse 18. He says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. Do you get this now? To the glory that shall be revealed in us. 
Have you reckoned it so? This is God's yardstick for perpetual joy. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy. You can't, you can't compare. You can't compare. What is coming is so glorious that it makes what is happening now worth it, no matter how gruesome. Amen, somebody. Amen. Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe the word of God? Now, when he said all these things, he expected you to be encouraged by it. He expected you to be encouraged by it. What I just told you is why all the apostles were willing to die for the gospel. What I just told you. That, ah, the reward. Do you know what it will mean for you to die for Jesus? Do you know? When you show up at the other side, do you know who you will be? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? In fact, it, it came to a point, it was as if Paul was looking for it. He wanted, to, he wanted to die. He was looking for People were using prophecy to warn him. They would tie you like this. He said, why are you breaking my heart? He said, he said why do you break my heart? Those were his words. He was ready to die. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, for the joy that someone can know that he will go through all the things Jesus went through and still go through it because what is on the other side is greater. Think about that. Greater than crucifixion, than the flogging, than the crown of thorns, than all the insults and persecutions, Praise the name of Jesus. Turn with me now, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. I wish I had enough time to do a proper commentary on this Romans 8. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can touch some of the earlier verses. Now we've read verse 16, we've read verse 17, we've read verse 18. Did you realize? You know what he says? I wish I could read the Spirit helps our infirmity so that you understand what he's talking about. He says in verse 29, he says, For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that we might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. It says, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Listen, the Christian journey is to the praise of God's grace. And so because he's all-powerful, what he has started in your life, he will finish. Say loud, amen. amen. So, as surely as he predestinated, he called. As surely as he called, he also what? Justified. As surely as you are justified, you will what? Be glorified. So listen, we have such an assurance of salvation. Come on here. 
that if I'm justified, I'm as good as glorified. Because the faithfulness is his. And so, that's, that's the thought that he was flowing from when he came to verse 31 and said, What shall we then say to all these things? If God be for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Who shall be against us? Glorification is more or less done. Like this body is wasting away anyway. A new one is coming. He said, I mean... So, knowing this, who can be against us? I mean, what in this world is too tough? I'm justified. I'm as good as glorified. Bring your best shots. He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall it also... Not also with him freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elected? Is God that justifieth? Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God and maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? All the things that he mentioned are serious. Make no mistake. Look at those. Look at those lists. Look at that list. Sword, peril, nakedness. As serious as they are, Christ is worth more. Our hope is bigger. Your yes is very low. I say, Pastor, all I need is salary increase. All this is what you are saying. Hallelujah. If you would listen to what I'm saying, a few decades from now, when you move from the time where we can count decades, you move into eternity, where there is no night nor day, you will be glad you listened. And then like Paul said, you will be my joy and my rejoicing at the presence of God. Because you'll be able to say, thank you, pastor, you taught me this. Thank you for helping me not to be carried away by the distractions, the trivialities of that temporary life. It says as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. It says, nay, hey, yeah, yeah. in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? By the way, the theme of this particular service is more than a conqueror. I'm, you know, a lot of people, maybe before now, you thought more than a conqueror is, ah, from glory to glory, from victory to victory. You know, you are more than a conqueror when you were driving G-Wagon before, you now bought Rolls Royce. That's more than a conqueror. When you're already successful, if you are driving range, you are now driving Bentley. That's more than, you understand? Conqueror is here. You, you are here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But do you know why you are more than a conqueror? Because you already have the victory for what is coming your way. Hallelujah. You are not just justified. You are not just justified. You will be glorified. 
And so you, you know that, I mean, you already have the victory. You, you, that's, you have gone past. You know, so he says, what can separate me from the love of God? He that predestinated, he called. He that called, he justified. He that justified, glorified. So what can separate me from the love of God? In all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So you become more than a conqueror when the temporary happenings around you don't shake your conviction. Uh, do you understand? When, when some, some people, when they are going through tough times, you don't see them in church. That's not how to be more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. You are more than a conqueror when you know that you already have victory over pain. You are more than a conqueror when you know that what is ahead of you is greater than all that is around you. You're more than a conqueror. That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Praise the name of Jesus. So listen, in the month of January, we emphasize how to move mountains. We're teaching on faith and all of that. Walking on water. And it's great. But this is your greatest hope as a believer. Greatest. Greatest. Your greatest consolation as a believer. That Jesus Christ is coming again. Are you aware that he's coming again? It's true. It's true. It's closer than you think. Praise the name of Jesus. It's coming again. And that's something to be delighted about. You may not really see the importance of what I'm saying if you think it's something that will happen in a billion years' time. Newsflash, even if Christ doesn't come in a billion years, you will go and meet him. Just in case you didn't realize. Make your life count. Spend it well. I mean, think about it. When the few years of your life on this earth can impact eternity, be wise. Praise the name of Jesus. Go through those trials like a champion. You are an overcomer. Nothing can put your back on the ground. Nothing can change your conviction. Nothing can make you say, oh, this faith in God thing, am I religious? Nothing! Because in all these things, meaning in spite of all this, the peril, the nakedness, the, the sword, the tribulations, the trials, the temptations, I am more than a conqueror. No matter what it is you're going through, the tough time at the office, the troublesome boss, wicked, conniving colleagues, inconsistencies in your health, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Emotional troubles, family battles, relationship troubles you are more than a conqueror maybe you are even at a very low point where even to put food on the table is, is not very easy 
Yet in all these things, in spite of that, you are. Say, I am more than a conqueror because he loves me. Do you know he didn't say through Christ that loves me? He didn't say that. Look at what he says. Look Romans 8, 37. Read Romans 8, 37 together. One, two, go. Through him that what? Loved. So he's talking about a particular demonstration of the love of God. Which is what? His death, his burial, his resurrection. So what made him more than a conqueror is the resurrection of Christ and the fact that that, and the fact that, that has given you hope of resurrection too. Hallelujah. You are more than a conqueror because you have the hope of resurrection in spite of all that you go through in the present. Do you understand that? Every other motivation to be happy is temporal. You don't need to be a believer to be motivated to be happy. But when you have the hope of glory and the knowledge of it and the revelation of it staring you, spurring you, Hallelujah. You can only take no thought for your life when you know you have another one. What is it? Hallelujah. Let's leave this one for Jesus. Glory to God. Shake the person by your side violently. Say, you are more than a conqueror. Through him that loved you. No matter what you're facing, brother. No matter what they are faced with, sister, you can go through it. Hallelujah. Because you are more than a conqueror. Rise to your feet right now. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.